0: Welcome to the fight with Teddy Atlas, presented by Dynamic Striking. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by boxing Hall of Famer Teddy Atlas. Teddy, how you doing?
1: Good. How are you, uh, Ken? I I love the pictures you have behind you. It's the. Uh, oh yeah. The next, the new the new heavyweight champ, and uh, we we did an interview with him. The new heavyweight champ of the UFC world. Uh, yep. great, great person.
0: Yep that that episode. Uh, thank you for the for reminding me. That episode will be posted on Wednesday or Thursday of this week. This episode will be will be posted obviously uh, today Tuesday. Um, but yeah, I forgot to swap the pitches out because you know who should be up there. The hardest working man in the light heavyweight division, Joe Smith, everyone's favorite union. He's members. got a yeah,
1: he's got a union card to to go with it.
0: Yeah, huge congratulations to Joe Smith with a uh razor thin majority decision over Maxime Velasov. One one judge had it uh had it a draw. It was as close as you like. Could have probably gone either way. All action affair. I think probably Joe Smith did the most damage in terms of having having uh Velasov hurt a few times. But Velasov certainly put some uh, shots on Joe Smith's face. He was busted up pretty good at the end. But Joe Smith, being the uh, union worker that he is, just ate them all and kept coming all night long. I think that probably going into the last two rounds, I had Velasov slightly ahead. I think the judges saw it that way, too. And Joe Smith came on and won those last two rounds. Um, I've got to look and see what the judges had. it, But I believe they gave them the last two rounds, which gave him the razor-thin um, decision again as you've said before we know what we're getting with joe smith he shows up to fight every fight he brings the he brings an a -A plus effort what'd you see in this one and um how'd you like it
1: yeah listen it was a great fight it was what you would expect from a joe smith fight when he's gonna fight for the title finally and get a chance you know uh a chance to finally win a title uh you know he he had fought for the title uh, before, uh, and he lost. in right, he had fought for the title Correct. before, and he he lost that first time. But now with this opportunity, it's you know it's exactly what comes with Joe Smith. You know, it's not going to be easy. You know, you're going to fight for a world title, and you're Joe Smith. Uh, nothing's easy. It's all earned. And he's one of my favorite fighters. I said that a long time ago on the air and a lot of people talked about it. Wow, Teddy said that he's one of he's actually one of Teddy's favorite fighters, and it's it's because of it's just because of what he brings every time. you know I know it's a whole different level, but it's like a Marvin hagler Marvin hagler. you knew you were getting everything. I mean it was a whole different level of ability and opponents that he fought and the legacy of course, I understand that. Marvin Hagler is one of the greats of all time, but when it came down to it, one of the things that made Hagler great was that he was never going to leave anything in the locker room. I mean, besides his talent. You know, greatest southpaw, one of the greatest southpaws of all time, one of the great middleweights of all time. Uh, But when it all came down to it, with all that talent, it was his character. It was his determination. It was him. Uh, He was going to you know, he was going to bring everything. And Joe Smith brings everything. Uh, I thought he was a little off. I, I I like to pride myself that maybe I touched on things here on our show, both of us can, with things that maybe other people gloss over or they don't notice or they don't, you know, at the end of the day it doesn't get touched on. You know, it's, it's like a stain that gets left in the laundry. We don't leave any stains. You know, we, we put stain remover uh, on, on the clothes and we make sure we try to get everything out. Uh, in the wash, and we try to do that with the show, we get everything out in the wash, I-, I thought he was a little off, I thought maybe they were warming up too long in the dressing room, it, it was just something from a trainer's perspective, you you probably wouldn't get it from anywhere else, from, from uh, just watching it, you wouldn't think, no, no, but for me, it was like, it- it- he got held up a little bit, you know, and uh, he had the gloves on very early, he had the robe on early, uh, he probably expected to Maybe they expected uh to come out a little sooner uh television time is always tricky and it's almost like they came out a little later than they thought and it just he didn't he almost looked sluggish um from what he usually looked listen he's a he's a guy that's never gonna look polished uh he's crude he's he's gonna always be that way. there's still things technically that he's on the job learning or that he needs to learn to be quite honest. Uh there's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, and because of that he's he's always a guy that you feel you can beat because there are ways to beat him. You can hit him, you can find him. He's predictable. But at the end of the day, he winds up beating guys that are probably better than him because of the qualities that we talked about and that I've talked about that make me love him. Uh and and that's the ability to find a way to behave like a fighter to find a way to to just to not stop he's like a train coming down the track and every time he slows down you just put more coal in it, <laughs> and, it and it gets chew, chew, chew it gets going a little bit again you know and they had to keep feeding coal in it and he had to keep feeding coal uh, he was losing that fight I, I'm not sure he won it again I am I Um, As much as I like Joe Smith and, and I'm happy for him and he's one of my favorite fighters because of his character because of the characteristics that he that he brings to a fight um you know he's he's a blue collar guy he brings his lunch pail full of punches uh you know he he doesn't have the the as I often talk about the neon abilities of flash but he's got the most important ability dependability. Same thing you would look for in a person in life, uh, you know, f- as a friend. You want dependability. You want to know somebody's there. You don't, do, don't want to just know that they wear good clothes and designer shoes and all that crap. You want to know that if I call them at 2 in the morning, are they going to hang up on me? <laughs> <laughs> or, or are they going to just say, I'll be there in 10 minutes? You know, that, that's what you want to know. And, and for Smith, well, he's going to tell you, I'm going to be there in 10 minutes maybe less maybe less and that's what i like about but i'm not sure he won the fight i mean i know one thing neither fighter deserved to lose that fight that i know that i know it's one of those fights we talk about it but we don't always get it nobody deserved to really lose that fight and um he he was in trouble spots uh he, he's got a great chin but what a chin on flasloff I mean, what a chin. Unbelievable. You know, first of all, the people that are involved with Vlas- Vlasloff, um, I I have to say, and again, it's part of this show. Uh, we we don't worry about if people get angry. We don't worry where other people worry about keeping a relationship, having an agenda. Uh, it, it's about the truth. It's about what what my judgment tells me to say to the people out there that need to hear it or should hear it. And maybe they're not hearing it somewhere else. But Vlaslov's people you should have taught this kid to keep his hands up you know he was he would he was technically better than smith and, and guys are technically better than smith but they're not better in areas that at the end of the day you know win for him and that count the most but he was definitely technically better better and i tweeted it during the fight and just as tough as smith uh in his own ways and what a chin because when he got hit He got hit by a big puncher. Smith is a really good puncher. He's physically very strong, very determined, and he's a terrific puncher. And he got hit with right hands in the middle of throwing punches that usually would knock a guy cold. And this guy took it. He got hurt towards the end. He got hit behind the ear. He got broken down a little bit. And I think that's what gave him the fight, as you you alluded to. Uh, Down the stretch, he pulled it off.
0: All three judges had uh, Joe Smith winning uh, the last two rounds, and one judge gave him um, the 11th, 10-8. But yeah, and and to your earlier point, Smith had fought twice for um, titles in the past. He lost to uh, Bevel for the WBA, and he lost to... um, uh, Sullivan Barrera for the WBC. Yeah, and,
1: and, and the third one was the chum. And, and Bevo's decision. a special, yep. yeah, Bevo's a special guy, too. Bevo's very smart, very, he's, he's you know, he's harder to hit than than Vlasloff is. Uh, he's a more sophisticated boxer, very experienced from the amateurs. Uh, and Smith is, you know, Smith has graduated since then, too. But with Getting back to the fight and Vlasov, uh if somebody taught him to keep his hands up, he might have won that fight. Because when he did get caught, he got caught so clean.
0: Yep. So
1: clean. I mean, Smith got caught, but not as clean sometimes. He had his gloves, he blocked it a little bit, you know, he slid with it. But when Vlaslov got hit because of the lack of the habit of having his hands up, being taught to have his hands up as he punches, after he punches, after he moves, after he moves when he moves he was he was getting creamed i mean he was getting slaughtered by clean punches and that's that's the way he won the fight uh again very close uh technically i don't know that i would have gave it to smith i i didn't score it round by round but Vlaslov was obviously out punching him he was landing a lot of punches uh again, he was the technically superior guy. But at the end of the day, that's not what it's all about. That's not the only thing that it's about. You know, that's why I say to the people when we talk about this, we're connecting the dots of fighting in life is that you can, there's certain things you can't get. You have to get from birth, from genetics, you know, your genes. But then there's other things you can. (laughs) There's a great shopping center out there. You go out and you go freaking shopping. Bring a cart and fill it up. You know, it's called hard work. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's called discipline. It, it's, it's called determination. You know, it, it's, it's called forming yourself, developing yourself, demanding of yourself. It, it's called becoming something. Uh, anyone can go out there. Anyone can go out. You don't have to be the fastest, the strongest, the biggest. You can go out there and you can learn technique. You can train harder than the next guy. You can be more determined than the next guy. You could get an attitude where you never, never, ever give up, never say no, where you've develop a, a toughness to to overcome things, to never make excuses. And those are the things that you could see that Smith has gone shopping for. And you could see that Vlaslov went shopping for. And Vlasov again uh more developed. In some areas, busier fighter put his hands on Smith more, had Smith in some, some trouble waters in spots. Uh, the thing missing from Vlaslov besides not keeping his hands up, he didn't have the power, you know, he's not that kind of puncher. Uh, to to the uh, and in some ways, you know, thank goodness for Smith uh, that he wasn't. Uh, the kind of puncher that Smith is. Because I don't know if Smith even Smith as great as his heart is and as great as his chin is, could have taken those punches. Um, you know, but he he took a lot of punches. He got hurt in Spot Smith. Uh he overcame it. And to his credit, he won the fight you the way you would expect Smith to finally in his third try, the third is the charm, they say. He won the title the way you would expect Smith to win it having to come from behind, you know, having to lay it all out, having to find a way, you know, having to behave like like that 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 just solid guy that's gonna find a way, that's gonna do it the hard way, quite frankly. So it was if Hollywood wrote it up, that's the way they would have wrote it up. That's the way, that's the way he was supposed to win it and would have to win it. And he did. And he did. He used that character, he used that reservoir of toughness and all the things that I often talk about on this show and that I'm talking about right now. Uh, he went to the well. That's going to the well. He went to the well, um, and but I don't want to take anything away from Vlasov. I, I again, uh, he could have easily had his hand risen. Uh, I'm not saying it was a uh, you know it was a corrupt fight or it was uh, it was close enough where you know you can you can't go crazy you can't go crazy but uh I can I can tell you one thing I can tell you one thing that and that somebody else wouldn't talk about you knew who they wanted to win before and this is a guy who loves Smith this is a guy who's been doing nothing but pushing Smith before he got to this place uh and 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 speaking, uh, you know, all these accolades about Smith, but again, I'm going to say all of it. And part of it is they only wanted one the promoters, the TV. If, if you're paying attention at all, Ken, you knew who they wanted to win. Oh, yeah, they, they did a piece, they did a piece of being a union man, being the whole thing on Smith. Uh, they set the table for Smith to be anointed to champion. He had to do his job. Uh, I think it was a tougher job than anyone expected it to be. I don't think that anyone there expected it to be quite as tough as it was. Maybe even Smith didn't expect it, but he was, but he, but he handled it. He handled it. He handled it. But um, at the end of the day, you knew by the way they were setting it up that it was being set up for Smith, and. You know, you always look at where the powers are. I know both fighters are promoted by, by Aram and Top Rank, but there was only one that they could prosper more from winning, and that's Smith, quite frankly. He's got a story behind him. You know that old saying, Ken, follow the money? I mean, really, it's consistent. I mean, he had a story behind him. All you needed to know, if you had any doubts about what I'm saying right now, is... Look at in the late rounds when he got hit behind the air, he got hit behind the head, and he went down, and he took the time, and he recovered. And there's no doubt that there was a dynamic in that fight. It allowed it allowed Vlaslov to recover a little bit, you know, because he was getting worn down. And it looked like he was going to get stopped towards the end, maybe. And then, you know, he got that little bit of a, a break, a little bit of a reprieve, and he got that little rest. And all you needed to know was, You saw a man, a balding man, run towards the ring screaming at the ref. Well, that was Carl Moretti, for the people that don't know, who works for Top Rank. He's with Top Rank. Screaming at the referee because obviously they didn't want him getting that rest. They wanted Smith to be able to knock him out. And, of course, with him was his other promoter, Joe DiGuardia, who does a good job. He's he's from, he's from a uh, guy from New York, known him all my life. He won the Golden Gloves. He was a lawyer. He became a promoter. He's doing, he's doing really good. And uh, they've done a good job in bringing and Smith to where they brought him to. Uh, hats off to all of them. Hats off to his trainers. Hats off to those people that have been like father figures. I understand his trainers have been like father figures too. They've done a great job and they deserve everything that they're going to get now. But you can understand that. they Joe DiGuardia, you understand. You know he's got a horse in a race. That that's that's his guy. He's run, but calm already. That, you know you're not supposed <laughs> to show. You're not supposed to show that. But it's boxing. You could do anything. And so he goes running. And you know you you wonder how would Vladslov's people feel? They're both promoted by the same company. Yet it's very apparent, very clear, who the promoter wants to win. That it's not you. It's not you. So. Again, it's it's nothing criminal. It's, uh, I think they were just, yelling
0: at him because he was in he w- instead of being in a neutral corner to recover from the shot behind the head, he was in his own corner getting instruction from his coach while he was yeah, supposed to be
1: Yeah, but yeah, but the point but yeah, is yeah, your
0: point is valid. Yeah, they're, they're screaming at the ref-
1: The point is they're attacking the referee to because they're they're looking to get an advantage for Smith. Their guy. Yeah. They they're looking out for their guy. They're, and their guy was not Vlaslov. That became <laughs> that was instantly blatantly clear. obvious. Yeah, yeah. So listen, you put that all together, and you have a close fight. Who do you think is getting it? Again, I'm not saying that there was corruption here. I'm not saying there, I'm not saying any of that. I'm not saying that uh, it was a robbery. Or, I I have stated very honestly that I thought maybe Voss had the edge. Um, I I know Smith landed the bigger punches. I know he hurt him. You could give him a 10-8, so that could catch you up. That could win it. Um, So I have no problem with him getting it um, at the end of the day. There's justification for it. He earned it. He earned it. They both earned to win, like I said. But, again, who do you think if it's a close fight? Who do you think that? Uh, the judges are going to favor, that they don't know that the promoters wants a certain guy to win and the promoter has power. And if, what, what power, Teddy? Teddy, what power does he have? Does he give him an envelope? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that, but he has the power to discriminate. He has the power to say, we don't want these judges working. Yeah, it works like that in boxing, people, if you didn't know that. Yeah, you can eliminate judges. Yeah, you can you can say, I don't want this guy working. And and uh, you can eliminate certain guys. So if they want to work, is the message clear sometimes? I'm not saying that night, but I'm just saying throughout the nights in boxing, in this sport that I've been in my whole life, is the message sometimes very clear who should win? if you want to keep the power happy um yes yes do most people say what i say no no (laughs) why because they're worried about you know having their bread buttered on both sides of the bread you know i don't like the butter on both sides too much (laughs) too much butter ken too much bad for the arteries yep bad for the arteries and bad for your soul bad for your soul how you feel about yourself so anyway uh congratulations to smith uh he came on like a freight train he he put his coal in that engine uh when he needed to oh boy he kept chugging chugging found a way he was hurt but he found a way uh again credit to Vlaslov. what a chin what a heart on his part too what a fight um just just the, the more damaging punches again so i'm very clear i could understand smith getting it because he landed the more damaging punches no doubt about that and he landed some bomb right hands and left hooks and body punches which helped him turn it around late in the fight too uh, uh you know he he still he still has the technical deficiencies that that he's had uh but he again he he overcomes it He overcomes it. He overcomes it with heart, with determination, with just that magic, that that magic of belief uh, that that he'll find a way. And in his third try for the title, uh, he found a way. He he, he found a way. Uh, What do you have to say, Ken? Uh, I'm going to look at my notes while you touch on whatever you want.
0: Yes, just super happy for um, Joe Smith Jr. They're talking about a possible unification fight now with uh, the monster better Bev. I don't think that's a good matchup for Joe Smith, but super happy to see Joe finally get a legitimate world title, the WBO champ. Um, yeah, I think you covered everything. It was Maxine Yeah, not Vlasov's. pretty.
1: Listen, not, not always pretty to watch, Mr. Smith. You know what I mean? No, He's not...
0: but Vlasov had a very awkward style. Oh,
1: yeah, but you know what? I think that's overemphasized. I know everyone threw that word around. Awkward, 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 awkward. I've seen more awkward guys. I've seen more unorthodox guys. Um, I I think he was more than awkward. He was a little tricky. And and let's give him credit for it. Instead of uh, making it sound like a negative, oh, he was awkward. Yeah, listen, he was tricky. Uh, He was he was he threw the punches at the right time he threw them quick he put them together uh he did little things like stepping out at the right time stepping in uh controlling the rhythm in spots uh getting the rhythm yep. knowing how to get the rhythm of the fight uh so uh, you know but uh, but at the end of the day uh he wasn't so awkward that you couldn't hit him that's no, why no. smith won because no, I don't smith mean could to hit him away from no smith. no i'm not saying you bother people and and smith listen smith hit him when he had to hit him and Turned it up when he had to turn it up, and his power, his power, and his heart came true for him. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, if you're looking to go to a beauty and you're not going to a Smith fight. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but but you're going to a fight. You're going to a fight, and that's beautiful. That is beautiful. There's beauty in that. There's beauty in seeing a man bear his soul, not afraid to bear his soul, not afraid to show his weaknesses, and then overcome it with his strengths that there's a beauty to that there's a beauty to say yeah i know i'm not perfect yeah but you know what i'm gonna be the freaking best i can be and maybe even better than the best i can be yeah what's that teddy what do you mean the better than the ba- better I'm, I'm, I'm willing to go to a place that maybe i didn't even know existed until i get there that's what makes smith a guy that you want to follow yeah. and make smith uh, a champion Right now, congratulations, Joe Smith. Congratulations to all your people uh, that have been with you from the beginning, your trainers, all those that I know they've been with you from the beginning, your father, everybody. Uh, congratulations to Joe, uh, everybody. You you deserve it. You you freaking earned it.
0: Yep. And we go from uh, the wily old veteran in Joe Smith to the young up-and-coming prospect, Jerron Boots Ennis, with a big win over another veteran, Sergey Lipinets, in, um, over on Showtime. He um, stopped him via uh six-round KO. Boots Ennis looked good, man. He's a cr- incredibly athletic. Look, uh, Lipinets is a veteran, been around for a while. But he was able to land some punches. But, man, Boots Ennis had some power on his shots. What would you see in that one, and what do you think of uh, the young Boots Ennis?
1: I see a guy in Ennis. Um, I want to start calling you Boots. Can I start calling <laughs> you Boots? Sure. I don't know. I like that, that nickname. It's just a boots, uh, boots boots, boots uh, Rider sure. um, from Tennessee, all That's the way it. from Tennessee, <laughs> from Nashville, Tennessee. No, listen. I Ennis, you know what I like about Ennis? He's a gentleman. He, he's a class actor. I love the way that after, I know I'm skipping around a little bit and I'm not going to the fight first, but I don't care. I'm going to what touches me first. The way he kneeled down on the canvas in the ring after the fight uh, next to Lippitz to um, not only to see if he's okay, but just to console him, just to show him that, you know, I care about if you're okay. Uh, That's what I like. That's what I like. I think there's a strength and character that can carry us through anything we do. I think when sometimes you see the guys with the longevity and the long career, part of it is Marvin Hagler comes to mind. I can't help it. Uh, his loyalty, his strength and character. That's part of why he had the longevity. That's part of why he overcame losses early in his career. That's part of why he was able to be who he was. Yeah, it was his talent, but it was the strength of character at the end of the day. That allowed that talent to be in play, allowed that talent to mean something, and I, we haven't had time yet to see if Ennis is is truly of that character yet. But I saw, I saw, I saw signs of it. I saw signs that it is there, and we'll see if it's there with time. Time tells everything. Time brings out everything. Ken, but I I think it is, and so I saw that. I saw a gentleman, I saw an articulate young man who spoke to the camera, spoke to the microphone afterwards in a, in a really good way, in a way that impressed me, in a way that makes me feel like I want to root for him uh, and care about his career. But as far as the talent, yeah. I saw a guy where I could understand people using that word that gets used sometimes too much, but sometimes it does get used at the right time, but you don't know to time. Superstar. I saw the kind of shining talent that could invoke those words from somebody. Superstar. This is a future superstar. Um, We don't know, but I saw what could invoke someone to say that. I saw what would, again, that would prone somebody... To use those words, those strong words, uh, that sometimes get used too quickly in somebody's life, but you can only use them at the time you use them, based on what you see, based on what what you what you think will be the future, what you think uh, will play out, and and you you see it, it gets your attention, and to get those words out of somebody, the talent has to be obviously really outstanding i mean it has to be one of those punch in the stomach talents that goes oh oh wow he's really he's really talented and um and then the next question comes with it what will we do at the next level it's time I sh- it's time it's time now listen lippets let me give him full credit uh lippinets uh lippinets a tough guy he was a champion he was a guy i believe he was a champion he had a title right for a, a, a uh, for a minute in his career
0: lippinets lippinets coming into the fight was 16 and one with 12 ko's he had only been stopped once by mikey garcia unanimous decision loss and he did win a uh, WBO, well, an intercontinental title, uh, and he had an IBF interim title as well.
1: That's what it was. I knew it was something in there. It was an interim title. So, so he had that. But here's an experienced guy. He had a lot of amateur fights. Um, it was a, you know, he was an experienced guy. The one time he really stepped up, as you just mentioned, he did get beat. Uh, he he did have that loss, and he stepped up again. He got beat again, but. He was still a graduation. He was still a step forward, a step up, uh, potentially testing uh, Ennis. And uh, at the end of the day, it, it wasn't a test. But uh, it it had the earmarks of the potential of possibly being a... Afterwards, it's easy to say, listen, it could never be a test. He's too fast. He's too sharp. You know, he, he's too hard to hit. He, You know, he's just too good for a guy like Lippinets. But... Libanets did bring that experience did bring uh bring the the heart and the aggression to 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 allow Ennis to showcase his talents and also if Ennis didn't have it, if Ennis had some weak spots, some pressure points that that could be exposed uh Levinetz was tough enough to possibly possibly expose those things, and he wasn't able to because Ennis looks to be what we want a guy to be. If he's that kind of prospect right now, he looks to be the package. He looks to be the deal. And I think it's time, as I said, everything I've said about him to see him go to that next level, whether it's Danny Garcia, whether it's Sean Porter, whether it's Thurman, whether it's Spence. I I don't care, but it's time now. It's time with the talent, with everything that he's shown to see him in there with with that next level. Um, I don't want to see him with any other level right now. That's, and I think he, he probably feels the same way, that if he's going to progress, if he's going to take this great-looking talent and allow it to continue to grow, allow it to continue to show itself, allow it to continue to develop, there's only one way with better guys, uh, not where you've been already. You've been there. You've done that. Uh, now it's time to move forward and test yourself you know, on the higher grounds. And, and fighters that I think he is, that I think he is, that's what they want. That's what they want at the end of the day. So, it would be um, interesting to I,
0: see him in there with uh, Danny Garcia and all Philadelphia affair, although I think Danny said he's going to probably move up in weight classes. But the welterweight division certainly has some young up-and-coming superstars with um, Boots Ennis and Virgil Ortiz. Yeah. Hey,
1: listen, Ken, I'm glad you brought that up because that's why I mentioned Danny Garcia. But... You know, he he's in a he's in a. I'm glad he's in that division because a guy with that much talent, if he wasn't in a really tough division, I mean, he could just he could just walk around the bases. He's he's gonna he's gonna have to run around the bases. But but if he wasn't in a, if he was in some of those other divisions, I'm 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 just saying there's there's some that have little softer softer spots. Uh, the welterweights. Not one of them. The lightweights is not one of them. The light heavyweights is not one of them. So um, he he's gonna he's gonna have to earn his way, uh, even with that great talent, and show that that he's got. We know what he's got on the outside. Now he's got to show what he's got on the inside, uh, the fortitude, the the belief, the toughness, the resolve. You know the the championship qualities. He's gonna have to show that now, and I think he's gonna show it. I mean that that would be my guess. But you don't know. You don't know till you know. You don't know till you know. And I'm going to bring up an interesting thing for people out there. I think it's interesting, Ken, where we thought the same thing about a guy named Adrian Broner at one time. Adrian Broner, a lot of people, whoa, Teddy, you just, yeah, Adrian Broner, if we're going to be honest here. Adrian Broner, when he was coming up and just getting to that place of winning his first title and all that stuff, he, the similarities, he showed that kind of glaring neon talent you looked at him you said wow it's kind of like you look at ennis wow i'm looking at somebody with great talent i'm looking at somebody who could be a superstar i'm looking at somebody who's great or could be great and i think when i looked at it i i tried to i tried to rack my brain and say who who does he remind me of and that i could make the point on my show on mine and ken's show that that We don't know till we know. We know what we're seeing looks great, but it still has to be tested And when he fights the top guys, the next echelon, the next level. And then it hit me, Broner. Broner was just as impressive. Broner was just as talented. He showed you all that stuff. And then, of course, eventually when he got to the top, he, he faltered. He faltered at the top with the top guys. That's where he, where he got his, you know, where he, where he had his stumbling block and where he had his losses, uh, a couple of losses that he has. But it was, it was also attached to that. Was it looked very similar until you, until they opened their mouth, until <laughs> they, uh, until, And I'm not trying to knock them. I'm, I'm, I'm being honest. I'm saying what's happening. It, very similar until. Until you got a peek a little bit, a little bit, at what was behind the talent. And listen, you could call bravado, ego, cocky, arrogant. But it it probably went a little beyond that. Probably a little beyond that. But listen, that was what he wanted to do. That's what Broner wanted to project. Okay. And listen, he made a lot of money. Give him credit. And he's still around. He's not gone. But... Um, I think the best of him is gone, but he's still around. But uh, what I'm, the point I'm making is, you didn't know about Broner until you knew as much as you thought. Just like Ennis, we think we know, but until he fights those top guys, you don't really, you don't really know if it's going to translate to that level. And so it's the same thing to say about Ennis. I think that I know one thing that's different. I think I know that he's more stable I think his character his personality um, maybe the people around him I don't know but just from hearing him and seeing what he did after the fight and hearing him talk what I feel that I do know Ken is that in the areas that help you carry your talent that help that talent travel and make the journey it has to make through all the difficult areas that it has to go through, all the stops that it has to go through. I think that makeup is more stable. That personality, that whatever you want to call it, character, temperament, uh, that became apparent. That became obvious that he's more more stable in those areas. He's more solid in those areas. He's more together in those areas. And that's important. Mm-hmm. That's important as you make that travel to the higher peaks of the mountain, so to speak. It's important to have those qualities, to have that stableness, if you will, yeah. um, to you. And so I'm I'm a fan, I'm on board, <laughs> you know. Give me the Kool Aid, I'm drinking it. Um, you know, because I'm I'm in the camp of Venice right now until he proves me wrong. But I I do want to see him. I do want to see him with that next level. I think it's time. Um, I, I think it's time. I also uh, I have to mention, again, we do the laundry. We don't leave spots, Ken. Even if you spilled that... Coke or whatever drink is on your shirt. I know I know before your wife put it in a lot, she'd hit it with some of that stuff that makes sure it comes out. Well, that's what we do on this show. Uh, we're not leaving any spots. And I I have to mention that during the broadcast, you the corner of Libanettes, you know, they they just I couldn't help it. I mean as a trainer, maybe I'm paying more attention than the average fan. But I'm one i like to answer a question of the fans out there, really. And to you, because to me you you represent the fans. I I, I did anybody feel anything was a little missing when they heard the corner of Lippinets who obviously it turned out he was in over his head. But when you first make the fight, you you're hoping that it's gonna be different. And up until it's not, you, you got to do everything you can. And to hear the corner saying, basically, uh, when he comes back, and he's really, obviously, he's in a tornado of talent, <laughs> and a, right? I mean, he comes That's a good back, description. And, uh, and, and, the, and the corner's saying, you're doing good. You have to back him up, and you have to try harder. What? Try harder? Why, why don't you go try harder? <laughs> I mean, I, uh, last I checked, I was trying pretty freaking hard. I was trying pretty damn hard. I got to try harder. That's the best you can. I mean, I I, 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 mean, maybe a little more sage advice than that. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> but, but uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I'm thinking that a fighter that's been through what he's been through, uh, maybe he's looking for a little something more than that. You got to try harder, and uh, you know, you got to, tr- you got to go try harder when, when he's in there with a, with a whirlwind of talent, and the, the guy's doing the everything he can and it's just not good enough uh maybe give him a little some maybe maybe you give him some other advice maybe like <laughs> uh try this or try that you know something tangible something that maybe has hope attached to it that maybe has uh as result changing results attached to it maybe maybe but try harder i don't know and then and then just to finish on that again, I don't know if the fans and and the commentators. I always wonder. I guess they want to be friends with people, whatever. I don't know. But you don't. It doesn't strike you to hear that the, to to comment on it. Maybe that's why I'm not a broadcaster anymore. I don't know. But it doesn't strike you to say, hey, uh, maybe I should mention this. It's part of the. It's part of the event. It's been heard by by everybody that's listening, uh, and it also. It's part of, it's tangible to say something about it because it's part of the influence on a fighter. Anything that could influence the outcome of the fight as a commentator, as a color commentator, it's your responsibility to say it. And, and and the advice from the corner, like if a guy's got a cut, you should say it. If he's bleeding into his eye, you should say it. Because it could obstruct his vision. It could impact the fight. You should say it. If the guy hurts his hand, you should say it. If, if the Whatever it happens to be. If the guy's stepping the wrong way with a softball, you should say it. And if, if, if you're not getting help in a corner, especially in a in a tremendously difficult fight like this you should say it you should say it and but at the end when one round he comes back and he's he's taking a beating i mean you know the fight's about to get stopped it's not the inevitable is on is, is there and he's taking a beating and he comes back and again his corner tells him okay you're doing good uh, you got to try harder. you gotta, I, I I couldn't help but think of that, that story in Boxing Ken, where it's a joke, but it's, it's it's a pretty good one. And it fits in, in this case, maybe unfo- unfortunately. I, I couldn't help but think of the story where the fighter's getting the crap beat out of him and he comes back to his corner just like that. And the corner says, hey, you're doing great. You're doing, everything's good. You're doing good. And just before the bell rings the fighter says hey could you do me a favor sure keep an eye on the ref because somebody's beating the crap out of me (laughs) (laughs) i i that pretty much sums it up i i i couldn't help but think that at the end of the day um i'm like i said i want to see ennis i want to continue seeing him and um he's 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 he looks like the real deal we'll we'll find out time will tell
0: yep, well, speaking again, the crap beat out of him um Marvin Vittori put it on Kevin Holland uh last Saturday night in the UFC apex center um uh, Kevin Holland in his defense took the fight on nine day notice Darren Till was set to match up with um with Marvin and broke his collarbone, I believe. So, um, Kevin Holland stepped in, he was just in action, um, two, three weeks ago, um, lost a one-sided fight and, uh, back in action and Marvin Vittori just took him down, I think a record 11 times, just put it on him, start to finish. I, I, to be honest with you, I was surprised it went the full five rounds, credit to Kevin Holland for being so tough, but man, Marvin Vittori looked great. His only losses. Uh, um... Split decision loss to um, Izzy Israel Adesanya, the champ. So that looks to be the most likely rematch for, um, or the most likely next opponent for Israel Adesanya. Makes perfect sense that uh, Vittori gets another shot at the title. What'd you see in that one?
1: Yeah, I mean, I listen. It was dominating. But the first thing I saw why it was dominating is geography. What I always say: Who's gonna control the geography of the ring or of the, you know, the chamber, uh, the octagon? Uh, that suits their style, suits their abilities, suits their physical assets the best. Who's going to do that? Uh, and at the end of the day, that's usually the guy that wins. And that's exactly what Vittori did. He controlled the geography. He got to where he had the big advantage. You know, he was better. He was better on the floor, on a mat, uh, grappling and everything that comes with it. Uh, than Holland is. Holland is better standing. Holland's best chance to win was to stand. And so that's the first thing. And uh, I... See, I, I look at it a little deeper. I look at, okay, we know what he wants to do. And he was able to do it, Ventura. Venturi. And he was able to get to the location he wanted to get to. You know, it's all about location. And he didn't even, alas, at least I don't think he talked to a real estate agent. He didn't even <laughs> have to talk to a real estate agent. You know, location, location, location. And so he did that. But why, as a trainer, in this business, in the business of fighting, not UFC, but fighting, and all the domain that that takes in, why was he... Why was Holland not able to figure out a way to keep his geography? See, that's the question I ask. Now, I know it's simple. Uh, you just, well, the guy got the geography, and that's that's it, Ted. That's it. He got to it. But why? He got there through effort. He got there through design for Tory, right? He got there through determination. He got there through practice. He got there through planning to get there. Oh, you would think Holland did the same planning, knowing that he had the best chance to win standing. Why was he not able to do a better job of standing, of staying on his feet? Because what he needed to do was change range, use his feet a little bit to change range, to keep distance. It wasn't enough to be on his feet. It was He had to keep a certain distance where Fentori... In order to shoot, he would have to expose himself. That he wouldn't be so close where he could shoot easily. And he was close enough where he could shoot pretty easily. And so for Haaland to have a chance to win that match, he not only had to know that he had to throw punches standing, but he had to use his feet to create gaps, to continue to stay ahead of the other guy, to 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 stay at a distance where he could be out of range, out of range from those shoots. And where he could be at a range where he could take advantage, again, of his physical assets, length, long arms, uh, quick hands, the ability to extend his punches, to get full extension on his punches, to, to be able to strike in combination uh, to keep the offensive flow and rhythm going where it doesn't get disrupted by the guy getting in close and disrupting it. Uh, so in other words, he had to get full extension on his arms, on his punches. He had to have the gaps with his legs in a ring to make sure that he was far enough off at all times to continue to have those advantages, to have that geography, to have that location. And he wasn't able to do it, only in spots, only in spots. But... And I, I feel we touched on him two weeks ago on Holland. I like him. I like his character. I think he's a good kid. I, I think he's a talented kid. I think he's a tough kid. Uh, we touched on on his, on his mentality and why I felt, and for people that didn't see it, I'm not going to really go down that road again. Go back and listen to the episode if you're interested. It was two weeks ago when when I did dedicate a certain amount of time talking about why I think that Holland uh, talks the way he talks, and then uh, at the end of the day, you know, has has wound up in a position in his last couple of fights where he hasn't been able to quite uh, back up that talk. I talked about where it comes from, that it it's a protective device uh, for him, and what I think I saw in this f- match the other night, was, again, the lack, as tough as he is, the lack of true mental toughness in another dimension, in another way. Yeah, he's tough here. he would take a beating. he would persevere. He won't give up. He won't, he won't give in. He, he won't tap out on the floor. You know, he would take punches. He'll do that. But there's another toughness, too. It's a toughness of where you can can know what you you have to do and have to discipline the belief, the courage, if you will, but the belief, the strength, the inner strength to fight your fight. Now, this is going to sound crazy to some people. People are going to say, well, he fought a tough fight. He got on the floor where he had all the disadvantages. Yes, yes, that can be easier. Sometimes it can be easier to go to the floor where you have all the disadvantages even though you're going to take a beating, even though you're going to lose. It can be easier to do that. I know people saying, "Okay, I'm listening. I'm listening. Get me there. Get me home, Ted, because I'm a little I'm a little confused because he's going to be on the floor, he's going to maybe get hit elbows, punches, slams, dumped hammer, punches, uh, legs wrapped around him, everything. And you already said that he doesn't belong there. His strength is standing. Why would it be easier, Teddy, to be there? Because there's a certain part of submission that goes with that. You don't submit to the point where you give up. No, he's a tough kid. No, but there's a little submission. We've all been there in life, if you want to be honest with yourself. We've all been there. Where we gave a little bit that maybe afterwards we thought, maybe I shouldn't. A little compromise. Just a little bit. And I don't mean a compromise in a good way, where you compromise in a business deal or with your kids. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about this. It's a whole different level. And where you just you give in and and you hide a little bit behind the fact that At the end of the day, you're going to get credit for being tough. You fought the wrong fight, but you persevered. You behaved like a fighter, like a warrior. But you allowed yourself to get there. And you submitted a little bit mentally. Yeah, you did. To get there. And because it was easier. Not that you thought it out. Oh, this is going to be easier. But at the moment, it's harder to stay on the outside and force yourself to do that. Than it is to kind of give in to the current. Kind of like a current in the ocean, and and then all of a sudden you give in, and the current before you know it it takes you, you you it, it takes you, the undertow takes you, it takes you out to sea, it takes you somewhere, but you just you just didn't have the wherewithal to fight that current, to and you gave in to the current, and when that moment comes for Holland, I believe that. I'm going to say something very powerful. I believe the difference between him and a guy like Alessandra, and Alessandra's special and he's a champion, I get it. The difference, it's not so much athletic ability. I know Alessandra's as athletic as they come. But I think that Holland's very talented, too. I think the biggest difference, and they both fought the same guy. You know, as you said, Alessanya won a split decision over Fattori. Holland, of course, just got dominated. The big difference, I don't think it's the physical talent. A lot of people say, well, Alessanya beat him because he's more physically talented. No. Yeah, I know that he, yes, but no. He beat him because mentally, when it came to the choice, to that moment, to allow the guy to get to where he needed to. Alessani was strong enough, together enough, determined enough, um aware enough not to let that happen. That he he would change the gap. He would he would use his legs to keep a distance where he could continue to have the advantage where he needed to have, which was standing and striking. He 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 knew that he he had to do that enough to win a fight. And He would, when the moment would come, when the moment would come where he had to make sure that he stayed free of, of that weak feeling of submitting, of, of just giving in for a minute. You know, you get tired sometimes mentally and you just give in for a minute. You just, like, I can't fight it. Yes, you can. But you got to know you can. You got to know you can. And some people don't know they can. Some some people don't have that mechanism, that development in their mind, in their in their makeup. They don't have that development. They're tough, don't get me wrong, but they don't have the development yet where they can make that choice, where they can know that that I can it's not inevitable that I'm gonna wind up being in the claws of this guy on the floor. It's not inevitable. It's not. It becomes inevitable when you make it inevitable. Inevitable, where you say, "Okay, I I can't stay out here and 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 keep this from happening." And and for that split second that you can't or you don't make it your business that you won't, you there's a there's a moment you're just letting the current take you. You you just let and and to be great, you can never let the current take you. You can never let it take you. And that's what the great ones do. They never let the current take them. Muhammad Ali with, with Foreman, there, there were, he's getting hit all those shots, and he never let the current take them. And then all of a sudden in the eighth round, he got separation. And that's what he needed. He needed separation from Big George. And he got separation. Bop, 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 pop. And he caught him with those combinations in the right hand, and he sent George down. And he did the unthinkable, the impossible. He beat the monster. He beat the monster. And but he didn't go with the current. I thought there was a chance in that fight with Venturi and Holland, where Holland could have had a Muhammad Ali moment, uh, where, and I think that a guy like Alisanya has those moments where. He doesn't give in to the current, where he separates himself and where he gets those punches off with the grappler, with the guy who's, of course, better on a on a on a mat. But he gets those, he gets the geography he needs, he creates it, and he takes advantage of it. Uh, I thought there was moments that Holland could have done that, but he. He didn't believe he could do that. He didn't, he didn't mandate himself to do that. He didn't, he didn't demand of himself to do that. He Again, when he gets to those moments, I believe as tough as he is and as good a kid as he is, and I like him a lot, I do. He doesn't make excuses, but as good as he is, I think that he gets to those moments where it's not preordained in his head that, that he's not going to give in. He just lets the moment take him. And he doesn't believe enough he doesn't believe enough that he to the point that he will not let that happen because because there's a part of him that says all right if it happens I'll still fight on the floor and like I said it's easier it's easier to, to kind of go with the current for that moment and and you wind up losing but you know you 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 you're still competed and it would have been harder to stay out there because to stay out there and not let the guy shoot, not let the guy close in, uh, to stay out there, even though it's going to be more productive, to stay out there, it, it takes a certain will. It takes a certain, a certain identity, a certain belief, uh, a, a certain resolve, a certain uh, that you don't Give an inch, that that no, I'm gonna. Uh, he comes in three inches, I'm going back four. No, I'm staying. I'm gonna man the post. You're gonna you're gonna be that cent- centurion, that centurion at the post. I'm gonna man the post. I don't care if missiles come. I don't care what. I'm gonna man this post. I'm gonna stay here. And and there's there's probably times that it feels easier to give up the post to go down off of that hill you know but if you go down off the hill you're going to get captured but you know but it seems easier it seems easier to because it's there's tremendous pressure to stay on that hill to stay outside there's there's a tremendous strain on you to do that and and it's the right thing to do but it's harder even though you're going to take more punishment when you go to it's harder to stay out there and i'm going to finish you with this ken I hope people are hearing this because there's a lesson there for you. There was a fighter. There was a fighter. Everyone knows who he is when I mention him. He was a tremendous fighter. A multi-division champion. Tremendous. But he always lost his biggest fights. Yeah, look it up. But he was a tremendous fighter. And he became a big promoter. He's a multi-millionaire. And he's a very famous guy. We all know who he is. Oscar De La Hoya. And he was fighting another very famous guy. A guy, a guy who's also a tremendous fighter. But a little better. A little better. Why? And who? Well, that was guy's name was Floyd Mayweather. And when he was fighting Floyd Mayweather, Oscar De La Hoya, when he was fighting him, he had the advantage with the length. Like I'm talking about in this fight. De La Hoya was kind of like similar to Holland. He, if you want to use that example and, and the parallels that I'm going to make, <laughs> he had the advantage when he was on the outside was jab. His jab was longer. It was a good jab. And it kept it kept Mayweather out of play. It kept Mayweather from going to the geography he needed. From going to the mat, so to speak. Uh he needed to be on the mat. He needed to be on the floor. Uh where he needed to be inside because Mayweather's strength was counterpunching and speed. Very smart, very great, very special, but counterpunching. And he needed help to counterpunch. He needed cooperation. He needed a certain geography where it was close enough to counterpunch. And when Mayweather, when Theo when Hoyer was hitting him with the jab and using the jab, he wasn't giving Mayweather that geography. He was keeping him on the outside where he couldn't use his speed, where he couldn't use his counter-punching technique because there was nothing to counter, because the jab was keeping him out. He needed to be closer to counter. And when La Hoya was doing that, guess what? He was winning. He was winning the rounds. He was winning the moments. He didn't do it. He stopped doing it. Why? You know why? I know why. I don't give a damn if he admits it, don't admit He might not know why, so how would he admit it anyway? Because it was harder, even though it was better, even though it was easier physically at the end of the day because you're not going to get hit as much and you're going to win the fight. It was harder, Ken, to stay out here. ha, ha, ha. Ha ah, ah, ha and demand that post. To man that freaking post and to not give up that post. It was harder to do that than it was to drift with the current and say, Oh, okay, I'll come to you. I'll come inside. Now a lot of people are gonna say, but when you came inside you got hit. You got yeah, but it was easier. It was easier because it took more control, more belief to stand out here ah, 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 and man that post. But when you go inside, well, just like on the mat, you can hide a little bit. You can smother, you can tie up, you can, you can uh, rest. Uh, you can hide For, from a physical standpoint. You can kind of, yeah, you're in close and it's the place that we as people think, oh, that's the tougher place. He went into the furnace. He went into the furnace. He went from the frying pan to the furnace. No, he didn't. He went to the flame. No, he didn't because on the inside, There are ways to hide. There are ways to tie up, to smother, to kind of, in your mind, in your mind, to kind of drift with the current where it's a little easier, where it's actually harder to stand on the outside and control that geography, control, man that post, man that post. And that's why De La Hoya, he didn't have that. He was As great as he was, he was a terrific fighter. Multi-division champion. I, I don't care the people that don't like what I'm saying. I don't care. Ask me if I care. What? No. N- no. I don't. Because I know what I'm saying. I know what I'm saying from life, from from the truth of, of, of these situations. And what I'm saying is that that's why De La Jolla lost his biggest fights. Every time he fought a fight where he had to be that, that where everything he was wasn't quite enough whether 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 it was with Mosley or you know or or with Mayweather or whatever one of those really big... Oh, Trinidad is a perfect example. Where he blew the last three rounds and, and, and just gave the fight away. Uh, you know, why? He thought it was easier to move. No, it wasn't. To stay there and keep doing what you were doing would have been easier. To move, you allowed the guy to get confidence. You allowed the guy to walk in the gate. There was no, there was nobody keeping him from the gate anymore. There was no guard at the gate anymore. Where you were standing you go, bang, bang. Making him earn everything and, and making him hesitate. Now Trinidad just walked in because you were just running. You were just running. And I know a lot of people technically thought he still won the fight, but he lost the right to complain. He lost the right to complain about that fight he, yeah. because he of the way he behaved at the end. But what I'm saying is that was the mental thing that was missing from Deloria, that he never won those, those, those epic big fights with those kind of special guys that was that was short there was a short circuit in the wiring and that's what i saw with holland that that that's what's missing with this guy uh i hope i described it properly that's perfect
0: and hopefully Holland can rebound and get back on track. I made a mistake earlier when I said uh, um, Vittorio only had one loss in the UFC. He also lost to Antonio Carlos. My apologies. His, I meant to say his last loss in the UFC was a split decision to um, Izzy. But that'll be interesting to see where both go from here. Obviously, uh, Kevin holland has got some work to do, but... Um, Teddy, that was a fun one. We've got an awesome conversation coming up later this week, like I said earlier, with Eric Nixick and Francis Ngannou. I think we covered everything from this weekend, but uh, let me know if we missed anything. I'm sure the fans will let me know.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, they love you. They love to let you know. They love, to le- they love to let Kenny Boots know.
0: Especially if we missed anything in the UK. Uh, but nevertheless... Hey, we uh,
1: love our uh, our brothers and sisters across the pond. Uh, for we sure. love them, and, and we we love the chance to connect with them anytime we can. Uh, where it's something that that's relative to them uh, over there too, uh, not just here. But um, everybody, hopefully, everybody's healthy. Hopefully, everybody's out there enjoying the fights. And like you just said, Ken, uh, we we have that we have that interview i think people will really enjoy it uh coming up with with uh with the new heavyweight ufc champion uh of the world
0: yep guys thanks for being with us uh please per usual if you like the show subscribe share the links leave a comment we appreciate all the support teddy thanks for doing this and uh, we'll be back with you later this week with a special episode featuring Francis Ngannou and, Eric, and his trainer Eric Nixon. Can I
1: ask you one one thing before you go? Sure, of course. Have Have you gotten your shipment or your, your uh negative? Of, you haven't nope, gotten them yet.
0: I haven't gotten it yet.
1: Of as soon uh,
0: as I have it, you'll know. I'll be wearing it on the show. The
1: the Box Raw Thirty Six uh, Box line.
0: Roth. 36 line from teddy atlas 36 minutes to make life fair make sure you check it out
1: uh, i'm gonna make sure as I they say it's it's in the mail the check's in the mail
0: <laughs> sounds good thanks guys appreciate your time